join Startup Canada this spring as we tour across Canada to celebrate the winners of the 2018 Startup Canada Awards. Join us in Winnipeg, Vancouver, Miramichi, Sault Ste. Marie, and Montreal. Network with leading entrepreneurs and the drivers of Canada's startup community. Visit startupaward.ca for more information and to get your tickets now. Rogers Business App Market brings together the right apps for your business and wraps it all up with Rogers world-class support. Microsoft Office 365 makes it easy. Whether you need to securely store and backup files, access or share documents in the cloud, collaborate with your team or manage your business from anywhere and on any device. Plus, with support from Rogers, you'll get everything up and running quickly. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash business apps. Scotiabank understands that business is personal and your business has unique needs. That's why we offer flexible solutions for your business banking. Create your own business banking package that works for you by opening an account online in minutes with ease and start saving today. Visit scotiabank.com forward slash small business to get started. a real entrepreneur helping others succeed. This is your host, Rivers Corbett, on the Startup Canada podcast. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across Canada. With day in the life stories and in their shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale up companies and those driving the entrepreneurial movement. The Startup Canada podcast show is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and Google Play Music and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I'm Rivers Corbett and entrepreneurship is part of my DNA. Whether it's building my own companies or helping other entrepreneurs build theirs, this is my lane. Want to connect after the podcast? You can find me at www.meetrivers.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast show in my backyard with my friend, uh, a colleague, and an amazing entrepreneur. Just thrilled to have a self-advocate, entrepreneur, innovator, counselor, psychotherapist at the forefront of neurodiversity, creating a platform to make the world a better place. And uh, yes, he is all of those things. Sean Smith is the proud founder and CEO of Don't Dis My Ability, an innovative and multifaceted company specializing in the emerging field of neurodiversity, located in the beautiful city of Fredericton, New Brunswick. That's right, Canada. His story is unique in that Sean Sean was diagnosed with ADHD, inattentive, type at 
age 30. Prior to his diagnosis, Sean struggled at every level of the public education system. It took him four years to complete three years of high school, 32 attempts to earn the 18 credits required to graduate, including failing grade 10 math four times. Prescribed medication gave Sean's brain the jumpstart it needed to wake from a 30-year slumber, taking his thought process from dial-up to fiber-off. I love our script writers. In 2010, Sean was accepted to the Master of Education in Counseling Psychology program at the University of New Brunswick on academic probation and graduated in 2011 at the top of his class. And after this conversation, you're going to know why he went there. With his amazing story, Sean won Startup Canada's National Resilient Entrepreneur of the Year Award, and I couldn't have been prouder to be there to uh, see him receive that. And to bought today's podcast, we're going to talk to Sean about challenging the society as a whole to expand our notion of normality. My great friend, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's going to be a wonderful conversation, as they always are. So um, at the end of this conversation, what's the takeaway you want everybody to to have um, so uh, so they, they walk away with something that, that you think is, is needed? I want them to walk away feeling some type of emotion that that they might not expect. Very cool. And so it's going to be a, a, um, a, a little bit of a shock conversation, not in the, I say the capital S, but more the small S they're like, wow, that was worth it. Cause it got me to think about something differently. Is that fair? Oh, most definitely. I, I, I want people to, ex- to experience the, the roller coaster of emotions, um, because they just, they don't know. And, yes. and so I'm hoping that they're going to have kind of these aha moments of love it. Yeah. So I want you to, you know, Sean, I was uh, again, lucky to be at your, uh, at your, at the award ceremony, startup Canada pod or startup Canada awards uh, nationally in Ottawa. And you received that well-deserved award and your speech was amazing. It was Thank epic. You. It was intense and uh, it was a shock one. So can you, can you summarize that conversation um, for us, for the audience who wasn't able to get there? Do you remember some of the things you referenced? Oh, I, I, absolutely. You know, cool. uh, Diagnosis is now perceived to be a broken part of a machine that once identified can be fixed. And the, right. the challenge with that is that we're, we're not machines, we're people. We don't need fixing, we need nurturing. And, and one of the biggest challenges that I advocate against is that we have all of these organizations who are creating resources and programs for individuals with disabilities, but they're created right. by people without disabilities. They're, they're selling uh-huh. a product and a package and it can't work, it won't work. Uh, but it's, you know, again, it's, it's the nurturing part and this is where I come in where I self-identify as being an individual with a disability and specialize in helping those uniquely gifted individuals. Yeah, I love it. You know, it's it's kind of like uh, I'm fortunate enough to be the entrepreneur in residence at in New Brunswick, as you know. And and I was always an advocate. Well, how can policymakers that are typically bureaucrats really understand what a what a, an entrepreneur needs when they've never actually been one? Exactly. And so uh, you've you've taken that to uh, to a level that uh, is one creating uh, awareness, creating uh, connection, creating education, but also creating a livelihood for you. So can you can you walk us through the feelings that you had when you woke from a 30 year slumber. And it reminds me, I think there was a movie with uh, Robert De Niro in it that uh, was kind of like that where woke from that slumber. The first thing that comes, take us through that journey where you, you woke 
up as you sure. as it's referenced in the uh, in the in the uh, description. So I, I kind of describe my life as though I, I were living in a haze, like just this really yes. deep fog in front of me. I mean, before I started taking medication, I, I tied my shoes the wrong way before I tied them the right way every time. Like that's mm. how bad things were. And so wow. I compare it to you know if you think of an old rusty antique truck that somebody finds and they want to restore, you know they pop yeah. the hood, they swap out the spark plug, change the oil and the gas, they turn the engine. And as you watch the engine, you can see it rumble. You can see the flakes of rust start to chip and fall <laughs> off. That's what happened in yeah. my head. Like all of a sudden things I couldn't do, I can now process my thoughts and feelings with relative ease. Um, you know, it's, it, it really like it, the fog had lifted. And so wow. I just things that I couldn't do all of a sudden I, I could just do. And it was this kind of awakening of like, wow, I'm, I'm not dumb because for 30 years of my life, that's, that's what I thought. And that's how I was treated. And that's what I was told. That's how you were treated. And that's why you were thought because that's how you were treated. Absolutely. And that's how you were told. Yeah. So, so what does it mean to have a neurologically diverse condition in, in today's society for, uh, and I'm not talking about the journey of getting to this point. I'm talking about, you know, what is it like to have that and, and how, how uh, are you helping people uh, who have this as one, you know, you're on the team uh, ultimately uh, understand it and then thrive. Right. So, you know, there, there are two ways of looking at it. I, I can speak from my experience as an individual and self-advocate, but I can also talk and, and speak on, you know, the, the side of most individuals that I encounter and, and that I work with. So from, from my side, um, I, you know, when somebody discloses that they have an invisible disability, the first thing I say is welcome to the world of the uniquely gifted. And, and I, yeah, and I, I and I know this because of my own experience of, of actually being gifted. I, I know that if I can conceptualize something, I can master it. Um, mm. This is, you know, counseling is one thing that I do. I'm also a, a parenting expert. I'm a counselor. I'm a psychotherapist. I'm an amateur chef and chocolatier. I'm an innovator. Yeah. I'm now social media uh, has, has kind of come into my wheelhouse. Um, again, if I can conceptualize, I can master it. I know that I rarely make the same mistake twice. So I want to make as many mistakes as possible because I'm going to learn that much quicker. Now to be on the other side of that, there's the guilt and shame of the constant failure and those who are closest to you who should offer the most love and support often show the least. And so you think of 30 years of, of being that person, being that kid, the extreme anxiety and depression that I experienced was just, you know, I wouldn't wish that on, on anyone, but I'm at a point now mm. where I also wouldn't trade it for the world. But it, yeah. but it is a, a horribly lonely place. And for somebody with an invisible disability, you know, I, I kind of look at it this way. For somebody who might have a mobility impairment or is in a, in a wheelchair, there are signs and symbols all around mm. that you can relate to. For somebody with an mm. invisible disability, everybody looks like you, but nobody is quite like you. Mm. Yeah, I remember I've uh, I've been very open about my journey with depression and uh, it w the worst thing I've ever been through, but I consider it to be the best one too because because now I'm able to help others deal with that. And so can you talk us about through some stories and you can, you know, don't worry about names and so on, but just situations that because of, of waking up and now building a career, building a business around uh, around your ability, uh, your, your gift 
gifted ability uh, that, uh, that you're helping other people. Can you reference that for us? Sure. I mean, it's, it's for the most part, I'm, I'm working with, and again, I, I make sure that I, I stay in my lane and I do have a very particular yes. niche. So, you know, if we look at the individual with the disability as the square peg, historically, we've put all our time, money and resources into shifting, contorting, trying to change that square peg. I describe right. my work as expanding that hole. That peg is beautiful. It's gorgeous. Mm. It's amazing. Mm. We don't need to change that. What we need to change is society in that round hole. So the majority, yeah. the bulk of my work is not with the individual. It's with the parents, grandparents, and caregivers. Ah, it's, okay. it's their perception that needs to change. But in the entrepreneurial world, what I find fascinating is seeing these uniquely gifted individuals who have turned their gifts into a, a business. Now, it, it likely isn't uh, a disability advocacy business, but they're using their strengths as entrepreneurs to, to mm -hmm. facilitate their business. And so a lot of what I do, I, I volunteer. Uh, probably 40% of what I do, I, I do for free because I get a high from it. And so mm, meeting, yeah. meeting with, you know, meeting with entrepreneurs and I would venture to say, you know, since I got involved with the startup community, entrepreneurs have been flocking to me left, right and center because a lot of them are diagnosed or undiagnosed with some form of invisible disability. And when they're flocking to you, what are they, uh, what are they looking for from you uh, when they, when they, when they come And this is, this gets back to, this is, this is your business and yeah, part of business is, is volunteering. I, I get that. So let's break, let's tie down into the need, the constant need that's happening with these entrepreneurs that are coming your way and, uh, and how you're helping them. A lot of it is validation. You know, it, 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 uh, it might start off as them um, kind of relating to my experience because they have their own story, right? So. Yeah. A lot of it is the, the sharing of the story, but what I actually help them with usually doesn't have anything to do with a disability because of my own disability and, and the unique gifts that I have. I, I kind of call myself a ringer. Show me something that works <laughs> and I'll show you exactly how it doesn't and how we can make it better. So people come yeah. to me and, and because of my thought process and the ideas that I have and what I'm able to, to think about, uh, because my mind cycles. And so rather than try and suppress those thoughts and ideas, which most people do, and I, and I used to, I've learned not to and to yes. run with them. You know, when yes. I'm, I'm sure you probably ran into this, maybe not, but when I was a kid, my parents always told me, you know, you're going to go to university um, and yeah. you're going to get a job. Well, that was bullshit. Yeah. You know, they said you'd be, be bilingual <laughs> and you'll be set. No, yeah. no, that's not true either. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. So right. it's, it's, people have told us we needed to be a certain way. And so I know now because of how my mind works, that counseling is, is not something I can do all day, every day. So I, I chunk up my days and my week so that so many days are for counseling and so many other days are for consulting and, and volunteering and those types of things, but understanding how my thought process works and, and how I, I get these ideas. And so different entrepreneurs will come to me, um, with different issues that they're having. And I'll just kind of mentor them as you do through office hours and, and talk mm -hmm. about and just brainstorm and they walk away with a different perspective or ideas that they didn't have before they came in. I'm a big advocate of branding, and uh, you have taken your gift, your talent, and wrapped a brand around it. Can you talk to our audience about some of the the hacks that you've used to to brand your business? And I know one in particular is one of the one of the writers for the Academy Awards, so uh, that's <laughs> right. a pretty cool story too. So well, can you talk about that? I, I will. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back for just a second and tell you where "Don't Dis My Ability" came from. 
Okay. So the, the mantra actually came to me when I was 22 and yes. my, my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, we mm-hmm. moved to Lake Tahoe for a summer and I ended up getting a job as a blackjack dealer. A blackjack dealer. A blackjack dealer who couldn't count. So before that time, <laughs> I couldn't I, love I couldn't count change. I, I grew yes. up in hockey rinks and golf courses and I and this is part of where my anxiety and depression came was that, you know, I, I would go to take out the change and I would start to count it and it would be like somebody flicked the lights on and off and erase the process from my memory to the point I would get wow. so pissed off and frustrated that I'd put it back in my pocket and walk away. And then moving to, you know, having failing grade 10 math four times, having, I don't know how many tutors who were also teachers who were trying to teach me the same thing, the same way. Mm. And Mm -hmm. so having this thought of how is it? And I didn't want to be a blackjack dealer. Like that was not my, that was my nightmare. That, that was my hell. But every year about 2000 immigrants migrate to Lake Tahoe for the tourist season to account for, you know, this is where the rich and famous go to play. Like this is where Michael Jordan has his celebrity golf tournament, right? So there's a huge influence of tourists. And because I was the English speaking Canuck, they really pushed me to be at the table because the whole point of gambling is to forget why you're there in the first place, which is to lose your money. Uh, right. Yeah. And so, wow, that's interesting. And so I learned to count because I had something tactile. So how is it that a pit boss with no formal education and teaching can teach me how to count, but all of these professionals can't? Yes. And so this is before my diagnosis and then, you know, thinking, okay, so this is where the seed kind of get planted. Like I'm, I'm not dumb. Yeah. You're coming out of the slumber. Uh, Well, not, not quite, but it was, it was, it was just, you know, on your way, it it was a different way of doing something. It was kind of this aha moment of maybe it's not me. Maybe I just Ah. learned differently. And so being in the Northwest territories where, where I was given medication, um, I just, I had this beat in my, in my head and actually I have a, a, a rap song that I came up with that's called don't diss my ability. And there was, uh, so I was working as a youth and family counselor at a residential treatment facility for at risk youth in, uh, in the Northwest territories. And one of the kids was on, uh, you know, they were, we had to have eyes on them all night. And so mm-hmm. I was doing the overnight shift, had to be at the door and, and I couldn't just sit there and do nothing. And I just had all these thoughts in my head because things were just flowing in a way that they never could before. And so mm. don't diss my ability just kind of came to me in, in a beat. And it really just described um, how I felt and what I was going through. And, and my mantra came from my experience as a blackjack dealer, which is don't diss my ability. I may not learn in a conventional manner, but that doesn't mean I can't learn only that you've not right. been able to reach me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's just brilliant. I think it's, you know, there's an awakening. I'm sure there's lots of our audiences right now that are just nodding their head and, um, and are, are loving this kind of, um, acknowledgement piece, but also the opportunity to get that validation. And I know one of the things that we, I like our, our guests to have is the ability to follow our listeners to follow up with them. Um, so I usually do that at the end. So, but be, since we're on that topic right now, how do people get a hold of you, uh, Sean, to to uh, to to reach out and, and connect? You can do it through my website, um, ddmax.ca. I'm on Twitter, Instagram. I have a YouTube channel. Uh, if you do a Google search for "Don't Diss My Ability," I'll be the first one that comes up. Yeah, that's cool. Thank you, man, for uh, doing that. So, um, so, so, don't diss my ability was born. Um, tell us about your first customer. Well, this is where the, the entrepreneurial world gets really, really interesting. You know, if somebody has an idea for a, a business and they bring it to me, I say, that's great, but that's not where you're yeah. going to end up doing. 
And so when I first started my business, I was helping people with an invisible tax credit called the Disability Tax Credit Certificate for, oh, yes. for people with uh, disabilities. And so, again, I, I, if I can conceptualize something, I can master it. So I went through the process and got it for myself. I got $15,000 back from Revenue Canada. Yeah. And then I started helping other people do it. And the most I got back was for an elderly couple who cared for their disabled grandson. I got them $44,000 yes. back. Wow. And then Canada. Wow. And so I, I only took a, a very small percentage. There are large companies who make a ton of money doing this. And I just thought it was yes. a robbery. So I was charging, you know, less than half of what they were charging. But Canada Revenue, yes. as they often do, can change the rules of the game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, at, I didn't like that at, game. At their own whim. And so they made it yeah. really hard. And so, you know, I was only charging uh, a percentage if they got a return. And so some of these, I mean, uh, one of them took two years. Wow. You know, so I had started consulting and, and just trying to make ends meet. And I was consulting yes. for a nonprofit and then the, the contract fell through. And that's actually when I, I met Gene Fowler. Okay. In, yeah. And, and, Mary and mm -hmm. you know, having difficult conversations with, with family and friends, but like, I really don't know what I'm going to be doing next. And mm -hmm. meeting Gene and him, him telling me like, you know, you have something and it doesn't matter what it is. You just need to keep hustling. You need to keep, mm. you just need to keep going, man. Rock what you do and don't, yes. don't worry about everybody else. They will find you. Rock what you do. I love it. I can see it on a t-shirt. Rock what you Brilliant. do and people will find you. And so I just kind of kept hustling in, in different ways. And when I wasn't busy making money, I had to find ways, inexpensive ways to get my message out there with my brand. And so social media is, is one thing that I picked up and, I, and, I, and I'm going to yeah. come full circle to where you were getting at. You yeah, know, it's cool. Yeah, thank you. Different yep. people had encouraged me to, um, you know, explore different social media platforms. Um, and then Twitter was something that, you know, I, I really just didn't have, you know, how do you, how do you tweet? Is it called, you know, I really, <laughs> I was so. <laughs> but you can conceptualize it. Well, it, you it took to me a while, but, right? but it was, it's, you know, the biggest mistake that people make is not trying, right? We have all, we put perceived limitations on ourselves. Just because you don't know what something is, doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means you haven't tried, right? The difference between yes. thinking and knowing is experience. You can't say that you don't, or that you know something until you've tried it. So yes. if you go through Instagram, you can actually see the evolution of my brand. It's a beautiful mm -hmm. thing. And I encourage people to go out and do that. Try, fail, to find what works. And so with Twitter, it was just trying, trying different things. And, you know, I've got about 3,500 followers now, and my 3,500 followers have conservative, conservatively between 55 and 60 million followers followers of their own. And so wow. I used to get discovered like every week. I mean, there's some weekends I had to turn off my phone, uh, and then I figured out how to turn the notifications off. Uh, but one of them is a, a publicist for the Oscars. Yeah. You know, like it's just, it's very, um, he, he found and me, he, he started. And what did he say to you when he found you? Well, you know what? He, he didn't say anything yet. He just, I noticed that he started following me. And so I, I do what I call, I post with purpose. And yes. if we can come back to that, I'd, I'd love to, cause it's, it's great. Let's do it now. Sure. Let's not come back to it. So Let's do it now. One of the things, the mistakes that people make, um, the same mistake that I made uh, about three years ago, I was in Miramichi consulting and I went down for the continental breakfast and I learned about uh, two beheadings in a plane that went down. 
And in that moment, I thought, why did I? I'm shaking my head. That's why did I? You just learned about a plane went down to do, do beheadings. Well, it was when ISIS, you know, all this stuff with ISIS. Yeah. But it was just, why did I expose myself to that? Why did I willingly and knowingly sit down and, and watch that? And so in that moment, I actually made a conscious decision to not uh, watch cable TV. I don't read yes. the paper and I don't listen to the radio. Right. If I want to learn, and, and I've actually had people call me ignorant because of that. I said, you know, it, this, how do you learn information? You know what? People actually tell me. Imagine. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I kind of compare like all of this. And it's the same with Facebook and Twitter. There, there's all of this information out there. And I compare it to like if you go to a big steakhouse like Montana's, which is, is a great place and you order the steak. Well, just because that whole steak is on your plate doesn't mean that you're meant to eat it all. And this is the yes. same way we should be looking yes. at media. And so as as somebody who's neurodiverse, we often sense and feel the world more deeply than others. And so in that moment, when I watch that and I expose myself to that, I actually put myself there and feel what it would be like to be there. And that sets me back personally and professionally. And so by limiting the amount of information I take in, my mental health is the hands down the best it has ever been. And so That's, I, I post with purpose, man. I go in, I do my own thing, and then I get yes. out. And, and it, it, do you find many people do that? How, would it, how do people, most people do it today in your view, and why is that wrong? I mean, obviously, you've, you've, you've shown something that works for you, post with purpose, and that's a common theme for you, and I've, I've heard you talk about that before. What are people doing today? And then I'm getting to lessons for entrepreneurs at this juncture. What do you find that people are doing now that they shouldn't be doing? Just stop doing it. They get sucked in. You know, and, and I ask people, like, if you're, I use Facebook, especially as, as the example, you know, if you ask somebody why they're going in there, they usually can't tell you, but how, yes. how they feel when they're done is based on a very small snapshot of judgment from what they've seen. They're either going to feel better or they're going to feel worse. But even, yes. even on top, I, I'll flip it around and use a different angle. You know, you're spending an hour, what maybe two hours, whatever it is, uh, looking at people's profiles, maybe you're commenting, maybe you're not most of these people you likely wouldn't even say hi to in public. Yeah. yeah so how, yeah. how much time, are, you know, when I challenge couples and people in relationships, how much time are you spending working on, working on your relationship with the person sitting beside you on the couch? Right, 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 right. Yeah. And, and, um, and what is their response when you ask them that? They really, <laughs> it's, it's usually an aha moment of like, Oh yeah. You know, they, <laughs> yeah. They, they, they get sucked in, you know, but my yeah. thing is it's not to guilt or shame people. It's to enlighten and, and no. to share my experience oh, sure. so that, you know, and I, and I can show people what this type of, um, you know, posting with purpose, what it's done, what it's done for me and, and getting to meet really cool people. So when Steve Rohr, the publicist for the Oscars started following me, I wasn't yes. really looking at what he was doing. I just noticed the the notifications I would get when, when he would like something that I put out and then he started retweeting for me. And then I always try to think, you know, low risk, maximum reward. So I thought, okay, screw mm-hmm. it. What have I got to lose? I'm going to send him a, a message on Twitter and see if he'd be interested in having a Skype call with me. Mm-hmm. And he said, yes. <laughs> so with somebody like that, and again, you know, somebody like Gene, you get these different people who see the value in who you are intrinsically as a person and they, and they want to invest their time in you. I mean, mon- don't get me wrong. Money is great. It really is. But when somebody is willing to invest their time, that's when you know, that's when you yes. know you've got something. Yes. So talking about money, 
how do you how do you package your services uh, and without getting into price points? Sure. But uh, again, we're talking clients from coast to coast to coast here. And the beauty of your your business is is you can do it twenty four seven anywhere anytime. So how do you package the service offering? And again, I know there's a volunteer piece, and I do it also. I'm doing it now. I volunteer my time right. with the Startup Canada podcast. But there's also comes a point where my as my wife says, you know, you're going to start making money. Money off of this, and I'm sure your wife is saying the same thing to you. Oh man! So, and it's okay to make money. Yeah. It's oh, okay absolutely. to do that, right? Absolutely. So, how are you doing that, my friend? How are you? Uh, how are you uh, creating revenue generation generators for for don't diss my ability? So, I've, I have a few different streams, and so my my bread and butter really is the the counseling, and and I talk openly yes. ab- about this. Like, um, yes. you know, I, I charge ninety five dollars an hour plus tax, and okay. and the the really odd thing about New Brunswick is that. That we insurance most insurance companies won't cover my services, um, Crazy. which is it's it's ironic. Things are starting to shift. Uh, insurance companies want a provincial governing body. And so social workers have one, psychologists have one, counselors have one now. um, And and we're still kind of rolling out the the kinks, but it's, it's, you know, we're, we're getting there. Um, But I belong to a a national organization, the Canadian Counseling and Psychotherapy Association. And I'm actually, I'm the, the, I'm the provincial ambassador for New Brunswick. Of course you are. And and so, (laughs) you know, being a, having a, a national governing body really doesn't hold any weight with the insurance companies and our, our province, our, our provincial government operates in the exact same way. Um, uh. But because of my area of specialization, I had people in different uh, organizations advocate for me. And so I was able to get a, a vendor number through the province. So my referrals primarily come through government. Um, but I do, I do have people who, who come and see me and pay out of pocket from around the province. Um, again, rock what you do and people will find you. So that's, that's one stream. Another one is the, the podcast that I had and I'm rebranding now. And so a a group found me in in Florida and they offered me a paid podcast and it was just, it was incredible. So my first interview was Amy Cosper, the former editor in chief of entrepreneur magazine. Yeah. Um, Steve Rohr, the publicist for the Oscars. And then my last one was Dr. Temple Grandin, who's an international uh, autism advocate. And there was a movie made about her life and Claire Danes played her, her role. Very cool. I, I want to I want to quickly segue uh, on this one because podcasting is becoming a, a a very very mainstream way to to one deliver content, but to also to build a brand. Right. Um, what's uh, what's some thoughts around that for for our audience coast to coast? Well, you know, and, and part of what I I do is you know branding is something that. I find you, you have an eye for, or, or you don't. And when it comes to, you know, and I've, I've basically turned my life story into a brand, right? right. And so for individuals and we, and we all have stories, you have your story rivers, like there are all of these people with incredible stories. And I think the, the biggest mistake people make is that they try to create a brand of something that they're not instead right. of something that yeah. they are. And so they lose their authenticity. Exactly. Of that exactly. Mm-hmm. Then they go from selling a, trying to sell a product to sharing their story. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, conventional business models like I don't have a particular package really that I try to promote and sell to people people actually meet me see the value of who I am and then offer me work in industries that I thought I had no business being in yeah you know great it's 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 awesome but it's you know so with with branding it's really you know share your story and turn that into a brand and for people with disabilities um, mental health issues all of these things you know use that those stories are brands they just haven't made the connection yet. 
Sean, when you hear somebody say, I have a disability, what is your initial reaction? Welcome to the world of the uniquely gifted. Um, yeah, buddy. Yeah. You know, and one, so you, and, you, and this, you, you switch it on them. Oh, you absolutely. switch it on It's not as in a disability as a uniquely gifted. Right. I, and I totally, man, like I, I'll tell people, like, I want to challenge everything you think you know. Everything. Very cool. And so what's, what's the, uh, that's the one story that you say, <coughs> and, and we talked to, we've, we've talked some about it already, but I want to, what was the one that you say, I am so happy I was able to help this person because it's, it, that they have changed my life because of how I was able to help them is, do you have a, you know, one of those, um, one of those stories that is just going to allow people to say, uh, that's a, that's a shocking, um, that's a shocking sure. story getting back to what you want to achieve. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take it back to when I was consulting in Miramichi and, and so yes. somebody, an individual I supported was working for an animation studio and it just, it, it wasn't working out. Um, and so I, I had done this work for a while. And so, you know, there, there's money for businesses to hire individuals with a disability. Um, but it's, you know, it's set funding. And a lot of times when the funding runs out, so does the job. And so this employer was the first one that I'd ever met who said, you know what, this person is, isn't doing the work. They're not meeting the expectations. We can't keep them here. I don't care if it's free money. It doesn't look yes. good. And so that, yes. that was, that was pretty amazing. So they invited the individual to come back on a volunteer basis and it, it wasn't working out again. They were trying to throw in little kernels of work, but it still wasn't quite working out. And so that's mm -hmm. when I got involved and by really understanding this individual's thought process, I was able to go back to management and the owner at the animation studio. And I, I used a, a mind map software to explain, you know, when we give somebody a request, we perceive it to be concrete for somebody mm -hmm. with an invisible disability. The more they think about it, the more abstract it becomes. Wow. Yes. And so they changed the way they communicated with this individual and they went from almost letting them go a second time to having an internal pitch competition where the winner would have their show picked up and produced by a network. And this guy coming in second place. <laughs> I, I I know I I uh, I don't know if this is a right reference point or not, but I, as it was going through my head is horse whisperer. You're a, a uniquely gifted whisperer, and what it is you do, where you're able to identify, communicate with, and then ultimately create motivation to uh, to uh, exceed and uh, and exceed and succeed accordingly. So uh, wow, oh wow, wow. So what's what's next? Next for you, my friend. I mean, I get to see you anyway, so sure. this is more for the audience. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, well, I told you last week what I was doing. <laughs> well, but what's you know what? uh, what's what's your journey taking you next? Well, hey, again, understanding how my mind works, I can't do one thing all day, um, or, or you know, I can't do the same thing every day all week. I, I have to break it up, and so um, projects that I'm working on, I'm, I'm actually rebranding my my podcast. So it was called yes. Job Creators Radio. Now it's going to be called Don't Dis My Ability with Sean. Smith. So yeah, love getting into gear with lining up guests and, and like I've got somebody from Yahoo, I've got somebody from Apple. Like it's just amazing <laughs> the amount of people that I've got lined up. It's incredible. Uh, another, another project I'm working on is, you know, as a parenting expert, again, you know, when people tell me all the resources that they're reading and, and all these things that they've tried and, and they don't work, I tell them to burn them. Um, and so I'm actually coming up with an, an online platform um, that, that people can sign up for. It'll be a, a paid uh, membership service where they can go in and ac access uh, videos and a program, uh, a course that I'm creating for, for parents and grandparents around parenting neurodiverse uh, kids. 
Mm, love it. <laughs> love it, man. Well, you're doing magic and uh, I, I, I want you to leave. I want you to leave um, this conversation, not with a focus in on your immense talent and your immense gifts, which you do have many. I want you to talk about entrepreneurship and um, what you have learned or what piece of advice you would give to entrepreneurs wherever they happen to be in their in their journey sure. as, hey, remember this. Can you kind of tie one I, of those together Absolutely. Um, if you don't experience anxiety or depression as an entrepreneur, it's for one of two reasons. One, it's somebody else's money. Or two, you're just not doing it right. And that, can you repeat that? Sure, That's incredibly sure. <laughs> deep. It, there, it is so true. There are, Never had anybody reference that before. It, it's, if you're an entrepreneur, like you, if you don't experience anxiety and depression, it's for one or two reasons. It's either somebody else's money, or you're just not doing it right. You know, wow. and so I'm very open about talking, you know, I'm very transparent in, in everything that I do. You know, there have been times when, you know, I went to Costco and I bought these big giant cans of tomatoes and I made, you know, jars and jars and jars of pasta sauce because I didn't know when money was going to come in, you know, yeah. uh, Thing, things happen like you just you, you can't plan for everything it's it's a hard life you know one of my biggest strengths yeah. and gifts I think is being being versatile but that journey and sticking with it and knowing that you know you're on the right path and the best thing that I've done really man is being able to su surround myself with individuals who will, will prop me uh, up you know and, yeah. and that's one of the biggest things is that the journey is hard it's meant to be hard right Anything worth having is worth working for, and it's going to be a challenge. No one ever said being awesome would be easy. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> so if, if you think that this is going to be a walk in the park, then you're in for a huge, huge letdown. So, to, so to why do we do it? Why do why do we? And I, and I'm with you. I mean, I've I've had falls upon falls as an entrepreneur. So, in your opinion, why do we do it? Well, I think for everybody, it's a different reasons. For me, it's the the hypocrisy of the disability community and working for somebody yeah. else. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. and not not feeling valued. Like I always left a place better th than it was when I got there, but my work was never appreciated. And I yes. knew that I'm like I know that I'm doing next level stuff. I don't need I but. But at the time, it was just, you know, as I, and I, and this may be, I've, I, this is part of the, the New Brunswick issue is that, you know, we, we let talent leave without any attempt to keep them here. Right. Yeah, right. And so right. knowing that what I'm doing is just, it, it's amazing and, and getting feedback from people in the government, you know, cause a lot of the work I was doing was kind of uh, a contract, but through a nonprofit, you know, the nonprofit right. wouldn't tell me what a good job I was doing, but the supervisors and managers from the, from government would, it's funny, you know, so knowing that yeah. I'm, you know, I just, I needed to be out on my own where I felt valued and, and the work that I did and not be limited, uh, because of my unique thoughts and ideas. And are you, are you feeling valid, valued? Oh man, I get high from my work every day, yeah, every day, you know, and, and I think that's, that's part of it, but it's, it's the ups and downs. I mean, I've also had, you know, things that I thought were going to work out and, and didn't. And, and so this is another thing, it, you know, as, as a man, I've actually had to reteach myself how to cry. Mm. You know, 
we, we spend so much of our time, especially as men thinking that, you know, being vulnerable is a sign of weakness when the reality is it's a strength. Sure it is. You know, yeah. and, and it's it, coming out on it, top of that and, and knowing, not getting stuck in that moment of when it didn't work out. And I've had some doozies, man. Like I had a, I contacted a, the pharmaceutical company who makes my medication. I left them a detailed voicemail message about who I am and what I do. No, yeah. Notice them poking around on the website. I had a, a conference call with the company and, and the VP of the, the huge, uh, PR firm that they used and they were going to share my story. And as, as a counselor and psychotherapist, I can't promote medication. I can share my story, but I can't promote medication. It's not, it's not ethical of me to do that. I mean, they would have given me, it, it would have been tens of thousands of dollars worth of free PR and they dropped me like a, like a bad habit. You know, I cried when I got it and I cried when I lost it. But I couldn't get stuck in the loss, right? You have to keep. No, you, gotta you can't persevere. get stuck in the loss. Yeah, yeah, you sure do, Sean. Uh, and I uh, and thank you for sharing that. I, I I love that. And and you know what's interesting about that, by the way, is that if if any woman that sees a man cry, feels great strength from that. Which is kind of interesting because the reason we won't cry is because we don't think we'll be perceived as being strong. But in my opinion, every time I've cried and there's a woman that's around, regards that as great strength to be able to do that. You know, kind of weird. You know how it came about, Rivers. Really, it was my my son, uh, who, who's nine now, but I think he was probably five or six at the time. Who was crying, and somebody you know close to my family said, "You know, boys don't cry. Don't be a sissy." And I thought, "Oh no, no, no!" <laughs> and, and, right. So I, I had this conversation with my son, like, you know, and it just. I have these moments of insight and I said, would, would you hold back a laugh? And he yeah. said, no. I said, then why would you hold back your tears? You know, if you, wow. if you feel them, we're meant to have them. So now if I cry and, and I cry happily and I, I cry when I'm happy, I cry when I'm sad. Sure. I don't wipe them away. For me, it's a mindfulness exercise. Those tears are there for a reason. And I want to feel each one of them trickle down my cheek and be mindful of why they're there and why I'm feeling this way. On that note, my friend, um, I am going to say thank you. Uh, you have uh, have and continue to uh, teach me many things with your journey and your friendship and your kindness and uh, and your tears. And uh, thank you very much for being on the Startup Canada podcast show today. Um, one more time, how do people get in touch with you? Because I think I, I want to reinforce that for those who come in a little later. Sure. Well, th- thanks for having me on. I want to say that because this is an amazing opportunity. And I and I truly mm. appreciate all that, that Startup Canada has done for me. So thank you so much. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, you can do a quick Google search for Don't Diss My Ability. I'll be the first one that comes up you can find me on instagram twitter youtube uh, facebook page you name it i'm there and if i'm not hit me up and i'll get there right on ladies and gentlemen this has been sean smith my friend colleague and all around just great guy and an entrepreneur doing the magic stuff sean have an epic day and we'll look forward to the next time of uh, that we get a chance to chat sounds good thanks rivers Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to resources and support to grow your business? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. This is Gabrielle Scrimshaw, co-founder of the Aboriginal Professional Association of Canada, and you are listening to the Startup Canada podcast. 
Love it. I, I got to ask you this question, and this isn't on the script you have in front of you, but because of your journey, because of your focus on team, because of your focus in on, on delegation, getting out of the way, uh, because of your focus on business school training, um, because of your focus on building an investment fund, what do you think of the word nonprofit as it relates to uh, uh, building success, a successful vision and culture within an organization such as yours or any other, you know, quote unquote, nonprofit? Mm, I think that is a very good question. What the, what business school has solidified for me is like if anybody wants to get leadership experience and understand how to build a culture and how to be the kind of leader that people will naturally follow, I would encourage you, and this is even if you're working full time, if you have a company, I would encourage you to go out there and manage a team of volunteers, right? Go, go out there and manage people who are gifting you their time, who don't have to be there. And at any point in time, like they could just say, okay, I'm done, like peace, right? You have to, one, like build, like you said, a culture or uh, like build a vision first uh, and foremost that people are going to buy into. Brilliant. Then you have to understand their needs and wants and, and what they're good at and align them with that vision and pieces of work that'll provide meaningful value with the organization provide them coaching if they ever, you know, kind of go off track or, or need a little bit of help, which I think everybody generally does. So you, you're going to learn some coaching skills. Um, and then how do you build a culture that people, and this take, takes practice. Like we certainly weren't there within our first year. It did take a lot of like molding, but like, and how do you build a culture that people will say, yeah, I like spending time with this team. This is like an organization I enjoy being with. When you can do that, and if you, you just think about like leadership and managing a company, ideally all of the employees that you pay would hopefully say the same things. I enjoy working here. I really enjoy working for this person. I think I'm doing meaningful work that's contributing to the momentum of this company. Like that's what everybody wants. And you learn those skills when you're managing a volunteer team. So as difficult as it can be, um, it was easily and has been like the most rewarding experience. And I'm so happy that I was able to have that early. 